is yourself in 15 years going to look back at this moment in your life and say, thank you for staying in that job? Or are they going to say thank you for like believing in yourself enough to take the risk to go out and do something on your own and try? And because maybe like your life does change completely. And I think that for most people, it does. They're just afraid to do it. How do we as medical professionals create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome back, medical entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for joining. We have a special guest here, Jacqueline Potesta is here. Uh, and we basically, um, she's an amazing medical entrepreneur and has an amazing story. So we'll probably let, uh, let her take it from there. Uh, Jacqueline, if you don't mind to tell us a little bit about kind of your journey as a medical entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, well, that goes way back. Um, but I remember there's a very specific moment in my brain where I had like a shift in my thinking. Um, it was kind of one of those like aha moments. So I had been working as a CRNA and I had just come back from maternity to leave with my first. And I was heading out to the PACU with a patient and I got a text from my nanny and I dropped the patient off. I went to go check it on my way to my next case. And it was a video of my four month old rolling over for the first time. And I, I like still get kind of teary eyed thinking about it because I was like, wow, like one, you're so proud. You're so excited. It's a big milestone. You know, as a first time mom, I was super excited to see him do it. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm not there to see that. I got it in a video from my nanny. Like, I, and it was just like this pull on my heartstring to say, you know, like, that should have been me there with him. Um, so I think that was like my moment where I was like, I'm going to start looking for ways to where I can make money and not be on someone else's time and have that time for freedom. So that's what really spurred me to kind of start looking into other avenues of, um, of income. Um, is to stop trading my time for, you know, like my free time, my time with my kids that I wanted and have that flexibility for just somebody else to make somebody else money, basically. So um, my journey started, that was in 2018. I actually looked into some other ways to make money online. So I had um, joined like a network marketing company for a few years and really was trying to like make that work. And in all honesty, just wasn't for me. I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. But I was introduced. What I think was really important for me then was I was really introduced to a different way of thinking about making money. And so I'm seeing all these people making money online or um, in different ways than just what I had grown up thinking was the only way and was was to go get a job and be someone's employee. So I met all kinds of people who were, you know, coaches and entrepreneurs in their own way. And so I'm starting to like learn from them, like, wow, there's a lot of other ways to make money than just to go sign a contract and work for somebody else. So I was just like in awe of the idea of that. Um, so I started looking into other things and I ended up actually starting with an e-commerce business. And that led me to, through the pandemic, um, I kind of switched gears. It was health related. So it was wellness related. I really jived with it. It was a different idea than like a network marketing thing. It was all um, 
basically selling products with like a discount code that people would use. And I ended up replacing my anesthesia income in like seven months doing that. Um, so I was able to step back from my W-2. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like, it was a, I won't lie. It was a hustle. It was a grind. Like you think selling things online, it's super easy or whatever, but it, you know, it had its own challenges for sure. And it was totally different than something I've ever done before. Um, that they learned a lot from it. And one of the things I learned from it was having multiple streams of income and having passive income is the game changer. Long story short, I built my anesthesia income or I replaced my anesthesia income with that business. And then I was able to confidently step into a 1099 position and take the leap away from being a W-2 employee to, to do anesthesia in that way, where it's my time, my you know choice of when I get to work, where I get to work, that kind of thing. Still can't really choose when I get to go in. I still have to wake up at six in the morning to go in. So that still wasn't enough for me. So I decided, you know what? I want to add something on top of that where I get even more control of my schedule. And that's kind of where the med spa stuff started coming in. So I started um, the idea of the med spa in 2021 at the end of the year is when I really started thinking about, okay, what's my long-term goal? Do I still want to do anesthesia long-term or do I want to work for myself in a medical way where I can still use my skills, my knowledge, my expertise, but I spent a lot of money and a lot of time learning in a way that feels really fulfilling to me, but is also like completely my own. So that's when I started thinking like, okay, I don't want to do anesthesia for the rest of my life on somebody else's time, like maybe here or there just to keep my skills up. But I still want to do something medical. I have my e-commerce business that I love, but it's just a different, it's just different than actually being with people every day and like serving people in a more hands-on way, which is really what I went into nursing for. Like I like taking care of people one-on-one, you know, in in that setting. So that's when I was like, you know, I'm gonna start a med spa and I just jumped into it blindly. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. Well, I think you make a really good point there, which is a lot of times you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes the only way to go forward is just to, to j- jump into it. I imagine it's probably the same on your e-commerce business as well, right? Totally. And, you know, I am I think a lot of us in the medical field are perfectionists. And sometimes that's a great thing because you, you obviously want to be good at what you do, but it can hold us back from change or from doing things that make us uncomfortable because we know we're not going to be perfect at it. One thing that I've really learned on my entrepreneurial journey is really just learning how to just start and keep going and you learn and you grow as you go. And if you don't just like dive into it, your brain is going to hold yourself back from like actually going into it. Like if I could sit there and analyze and really think of think through like what I've done this past year. I mean, if I had known how much work it would be, I don't know if I would have actually done it because I was just like, you know what, I'm just good. But I just did it. And now I'm like, through the through the hard work and through all the other stuff and I'm like okay like now I'm seeing like this was the right decision but if my brain would have held myself back because I knew it wasn't going to be perfect so sometimes you just have to jump and just figure it out as you go man that's awesome I think that's really true like I when I first started my first clinic I was um full-time anesthesia at the hospital and I was q3 and like I had to open my clinic it was only on my post-call days so I get done at like noon and I run my clinic from 1 p.m to midnight 
And so patients get a point and be like, oh, eight, eight o'clock, is that 8 a.m.? Like, no, that's 8 p.m., you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yep. if, just like you were saying, like, you know, the, if I had known all the, the complexities, I, I think I would have talked myself out of it, you know? But the thing is, I mean, I would love to hear your opinion on this, but I feel like one of the journeys of being a medical entrepreneur is that not only do you have to grow as a person and you, and you have to grow as like your skill set and these kind of things to deal with business and, and these new new things that we're not trained to do. Um, but I feel like you also grow internally in order to deal with the new uh, things. Do you feel that like as you've gone across your entrepreneur journey that you have had to grow both inside and outside? Oh my gosh, 1000%. I think that that is probably if I had to pick one thing that I love most about the journey has not been, I mean, I love the time freedom and all the other stuff, but that has to be my favorite is the personal development that came from it. I have learned so much about myself. I've learned so much like things that I couldn't even comprehend before. And now I'm like, I've become such a better person through the journey. And you really have to grow as a person to be able to do I think to be your own boss and to to lead other people too, you know, if you have a team or whatever it is, I think that's been my absolute favorite part is the self-development that's come from it and the clarity of like who I am as a person and really like realizing that I can rely on myself. So for example, like we were kind of talking about, you know, being afraid of the jump and like doing these big things. And it's sometimes that fear of failure that holds you back because you just start thinking about it, overthinking of it. But when you're, when you're becoming like this entrepreneur and you're on your journey of learning who you are, you realize like, hey, look at everything I've already accomplished. I've gone to nursing school. I put myself through CRNA school. Um, you know, now I'm a mom, which is an accomplishment in itself. <laughs> and so it's like you look at these things, you learn like, hey, I can do hard things. So yeah, there's something else here that's hard and it's a big a leap and it's kind of scary, but you learn like, hey, I can trust myself to make it happen if I want it to happen. Like you just have to like have that self-confidence that you're you're gonna be fine if you've got you, you know, because as an entrepreneur, it's all on you. So I think that's been my favorite part. I've invested a lot of time and money into coaching, just all different kinds of coaching, but a lot of it, like the self-development piece of it. And I just find it so fascinating that when you really become a better person, your business grows um, and you just have such a better life all around. So I think that's been absolutely my favorite, favorite hands down part about being an entrepreneur is the self-development journey. Uh, that is so awesome. Uh, have you read the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz? Why I'd have it, but I've heard good things about that. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a copy. It's really good. It basically says the same thing you just said a minute ago was that the reason why hard things are hard is that nobody has a solution to them, you know? Just just like imagine with your first yeah. e-commerce store, like your first med spa, like there wasn't, like you'd never done it before. There wasn't like a pre-existing framework. There wasn't somebody saying like, oh, here's step one, two, three. Like you just have to figure it out. And part of right. figuring that kind of stuff out and that complexity also have, makes you as a person change and, and evolve and, and develop, you know? So. <laughs> oh, Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is hard. It's all hard. Like being an entrepreneur, I won't say, I won't ever tell somebody like this is going to be a breeze because that's just be lying to someone. You know, it's definitely hard in different ways that anesthesia school is hard. It's hard in different ways that like being a mom is hard. It's just a totally different kind of hard, but that's what grows you, you know, so you're, you're 
stepping out of a comfort zone and you're just becoming a person that, you know, you might not have even known there is that side of you to it, you know, but it's been, it's really fun to see like where I've come through the last few years. I, I really do think I'm a totally different person because of it. I would just be curious also to get your opinion um, kind of on the whole risk thing, because a lot of people say, hey, I don't want to leave the hospital because it's so risky or I don't want to I don't want to start my own business because it's risky. And uh, I'll tell you, like for me, I remember when I first started my uh, my first practice, actually, my chief anesthesia came to me and was like, hey, you know, like you, you have to choose between your job or your practice because uh, we think you're going to leave us as your practice grows. And we need to make sure we always have like, get, so we always need to have our staff up, right? So we need anesthesiologists. And, you know, it is like every, I think it's every July, like all the graduates come out or whatever, you know? <laughs> so they're like, we need somebody by July. So if you got to get it working. Yeah. Um, oh, I so many people told me how, how, how crazy I was. Cause you know, this was like my first job, like right out of training, you know? Um, and so many, even you're crazy, they're taking so much risk, like, you know, you know, think about all the negatives that could happen. And then uh, I look back a couple of years later and like, um, the, the anesthesia group actually got bought by the hospital corporation that owns them. And now every, everybody that was there basically either got fired or is getting paid less than they used to get paid. Uh, and, and they would say that most people are pretty miserable where they are. Did you, um, do you find the same kind of experience as well? Oh my gosh. So when you said like, people say to you, think about all the negative that could happen. So yeah, like, let's think about it, right? Like, and this is actually what I did with my husband uh, when I thought about doing the med spa. It was like, because it was scary. It's like this whole new thing. I was like, okay, well, let's like honestly think about worst case scenario. Like, I'm actually going to sit here and say like, this is the worst that could happen. We lose our our life savings, okay? Uh, Maybe we like, the company goes bankrupt or whatever. Um, Okay, but like, at the end of the day, I still have my health. I still have my family. Like, Maybe we have to move into my parents' basement for a while. I don't know. Like, is that the actual worst case scenario? Like, think about what the worst case scenario would be. You know, if if that's the worst case scenario that I have to like live with my parents as a full grown adult with a husband and two kids for a little bit, like that's not ideal. But you know what? I'm still alive. I'm doing something that I know is going to make a difference for my family. For me, the risk is like well worth it. And I know, like, kind of what I said earlier is that when you have that confidence in yourself to make something happen because you reflected on things that you've done in the past that are hard I know that I will make it happen and I'm I'm not just gonna like give up at one little small failure or whatever so I have the confidence in myself that hey I can do this so I'm not gonna fail but if I did fail let's walk through that and figure out like what that would look like and is it really that scary you know like money's money's money you can always go out and make more of it you know and especially as a medical entrepreneur like we pretty typically besides the pandemic era, we're in high demand, you know, as providers. So worst case scenario, do I have to like go take a travel assignment and work somewhere else for a couple months to like make up some money for our family again? Okay. Like, would that suck? Yes. Is it the end of the world? No. And the chance of that happening is so much smaller than the chance of me making it in my head because I just have that, like, I know I'm going to like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to fail. You know, like that's just how you have to have that mindset. So to me, it's like, okay, yeah, work through what it would look like to fail. And is it that scary? I mean, I don't know. And also, I think you have to think about what's scarier. Is it scarier to have that unknown of like what your life could look like? Or is it scarier to be like in the same spot you are now five years from now? Like, 
are you going to be happy in five years if you're in that same spot you're in now? If the answer is no, then like something has to change. If you don't change something, nothing's going to change. You know, like you're going to be stuck doing the same job with the same people with the same amount of money, whatever. And I'll say, if you're cool with that, awesome. But if there's like a small piece of you that's like, I don't want to do this for another five years, then you got to change something. Like you have to go out on a limb. You have to take a little bit of a risk. What's future you going to thank you for? You know, like, is yourself in 15 years going to look back at this moment in your life and say, thank you for staying in that job? Or are they going to say thank you for like believing in yourself enough to take the risk to go out and do something on your own and try? And because maybe like your life does change completely. And I think that for most people, it does. They're just afraid to do it. I think you make really, really good points, especially the five-year thing, looking back and saying like, hey, will I actually be proud of myself for being in the same place for five, for five years from now? Because I, I think we've all, I don't know about you, but like, I, um, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody who's been like, you know, the person at the hospital has been there for like 30 years, you know, <laughs> they, they've seen like people come and go. And you talk to them like, yeah. that person who's been there for 30 years, I really find them to ever be happy. You know, <laughs> they're always kind of like. Yeah, 100%. There's always that one person you're just like, when do they retire? <laughs> One of the things I'm just so curious about, um, and it's kind of a little bit unrelated to medical entrepreneur, but you have such a positive mindset and a positive self-attitude. What was like young Jacqueline like? Like what was what were you like when you were first became like an RN? Like what kind of attitude did you have? Like, can you tell me more about kind of like who you were before you you made the journey into CRNA and then into medical entrepreneur? Yeah, for sure. And I don't think I've always had this outlook. I think a lot of it has come from that reflection and the self-growth that's happened over the last few years and just recognizing that your thoughts really can create your own reality and that what you choose to believe and how you choose to see things really does alter your life completely. Um, I wouldn't say I was like an negative person before, but um, young me was more of like, like I said, I'm going to go. I knew I wanted to be a CRNA ever since I was 17 years old. Um, Why is that? And I went and shadowed, well... I fell in love with anatomy in, in high school. I thought it was just the coolest thing, like all the muscles and how they work together. So it was so interesting. Both my parents are in the medical field. So I heard a lot of like jargon at the dinner table and I always thought like all their big fancy words were really cool. I'd read my dad's pharmaceutical journals when I was younger, just like dissecting the words. Super nerd. Um, but I was like, I want to go into the medical field. And my dad uh, had me shadow a couple anesthesiologists and I was just fascinated by the whole thing. And they pulled me aside and they were like, hey, we're going to be honest. Like, if you want to have a family and have a better work-life balance, like, I would go to CRA school. And I'm so grateful they said that because that was my my main thing always has been, I want to be a mom. Like, I want to be there for my kids and I want to have a family. Also knowing that I'm not cut out for stay-at-home mom life. Like, I need to have some kind of career. So I was like, all right, I'll go to CRA school. So I at 17, you know, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I went to UC for my undergrad um, and then immediately went to the ICU and then immediately started applying for CRNA schools. Got into Charleston and went to MUSC at Charleston, South Carolina for anesthesia school and ended up moving back to Cincinnati because I met my husband who came back up home um, and just started working. And like, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is my life now like I've here's my career or whatever and then like I said I had that moment with my son when I was like wow like you know I wish I could be home with him more and here I am working somebody else's schedule and um 
it was just one of those things where I was like, gosh, like this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. I don't know. There was just a part of me that was like, I'm, I come home and I give my leftovers to my family because I'm already, I've made a million decisions today based on like patient life or death situations sometimes. So my emotional, I'm emotionally drained. I'm mentally drained. I don't give anything that's the best of me to my family at the end of the day because I'm just so like done from the day, you know, and I hated that feeling. So um, we kind of like went on a a road there. I don't know how I got to talking about that. But yeah, so that was that was like my young, like my young, excited journey for anesthesia. And then the reality of it where it was like, you know, this is a stressful job. I come home and I have stressful life because kids are stressful. Like, let's be honest. It's not like you come home and they're all like, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's crying and fighting and whatever. And so I'm already like emotionally drained. I'm yelling at my kids because I'm just like, I don't have the capacity to have patience at this point. So, um, so that's when I was like, all right, something got changed and I've got to learn how to be like, more available emotionally and and physically for my my family and that's where entrepreneurship came in wow that's amazing and i really like the i really like the journey because i think that's a lot of people that's kind of the similar journey to what i had to like it's like oh you once you become the thing right you know so you're in school for so long because you're like i want to become this thing i want to become this thing and then you get to the thing and it's like what this was it you know i know and i think there's a lot of guilt that people have around Spending so much money, like you come out with all these student loans and all this, like you spent so much time getting there that I've talked to a lot of other women in the medical field. They're like, I would feel guilty quitting, quitting my career because I've worked so hard for it. And it's like, but why? You, you, you're allowed to change. You're allowed to change your mind. Like give yourself the permission to change your mind. And like, hey, maybe it was for you for a few years or 10 years or 15 years, but maybe it's not for you now. Like, it's okay to pivot. Like you're allowed to decide that, hey, you know what? This served me at one point in my life, but it's not serving me right now. And like make that mental shift of like, maybe there's something else I need to be looking into. I just think there's that guilt like has to go. Like there's, I don't know. I don't, there's no place for it. Like if it's not serving you anymore, like it used to, or if there's something else better out there for you, like why not? Like there's, we don't have time to sit in a job and hate it or, you know, not be really excited to go to work every day. Like there's, there's not enough time, you know? So I was, I'm just really impressed because, you know, it's like what you said in your journey, just like the, the ability to get like the, the self clarity to, to know like, Hey, it's okay to give that up because so often in medicine, we're kind of brainwashed into this kind of martyrdom syndrome where it's like, you need to sacrifice all of you for the patient. And like, I kind of get it on some level, like as a patient, I want to make sure everybody's focused on me. But at the same time, to see people that are essentially their their personal lives are ground up into dust or like they don't have the same quality of life as they could have because they were the the ones who were, were selected or they were the ones who were told like, hey, you know, you need to go into medicine because you're intelligent, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And I think that some of it and this so my word for 2023 I've decided is self-care. Like I'm taking care of myself this year, but I think a lot of that has I think people think of self-care as like bubble baths and like a glass of wine. And I think a lot of self-care really, what it really is, is like becoming your, like maximizing your potential and like making your life one that is like what you want to create. And so I think like what you said, people just get stuck in this like martyrdom kind of thing. And it's like, well, 
what do you want? Like, do you really want to do that? If you do, like, awesome. We need people to do that. And a lot of people that fulfills them. But at this point in my life, that wasn't fulfilling me anymore. And I was like, if I'm going to take care of myself, that means like making my life what I want it to be, you know, even if it's going to be hard, you know, no bubble baths here. Like I'm talking like boundaries. I'm talking like time blocking. I'm talking like being really intentional and being like really focused and um, you know, believing in myself and doing all the like journaling and the meditating and the mind work that it takes to like make big things happen. And that to me is like self-care. And so I think that a lot of people, like you said, they just, they want to fall in the martyr, you know, sword. And, but like, that's not, that's not serving you and it's okay to serve you. It's not selfish. Absolutely. I think in the end, it doesn't actually help the patients either. Cause like, uh, one example I remember uh, that was really clear was there was a general surgeon at the hospital I worked at, and he was a real nice guy, but, you know, he was, like, one of two general surgeons for the entire hospital, so he was, like, on call, like, every other day. And um, after a while, you could just see it just took it out of him, you know? And I remember one day asking him, I was like, hey, dude, why don't you just, like, focus on something else? Like, you know, you could go back and you could train, you could do some other thing, or, you know, you could, you know, go into real estate. Like, there's so many things you could do if you really wanted to. And um, he's like, well, no, I'm, I was trained as a, as a doctor. And so if I did any of those things, I would be, you know, like wasting my training or something like this. And I was like, uh, you know, like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. I get it. I do. I get it. There is like, yeah, it's a lot of work. But like, hey, maybe that was preparing you for something else. Like I'm still using my skills as the CRNA in my med spa, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. So I do like those skills, but the the setting wasn't serving me like working in the hospital all the time. So I'm still able to like use my training and use all the education I have just in a totally different way, but it's so much more fun. Like I love it. And I'm still serving people and I'm still like helping people. It's just in a totally different way than putting someone to sleep for their colonoscopy that they're not thrilled to be there for, you know? So. <laughs> exactly. And I'll, I'll tell you, the patients are so much better too. Cause I remember, <laughs> I remember, what this is, what's that we had? Like, so Jennifer and I, we had a med spa in Arkansas, right? And so I was still doing, uh, you know, pain management at the time there in the local hospital. And I'd go there and I'd work all day. And when I went to the hospital, because I wasn't employed, like I'd take the kids to the hospital, I only get the professional fee, which is very small. So it's like, you know, basically pennies on the dollar of what you do in your own office, you know? And so it was basically kind of like uh, charity, if you will, you know? And I spent like all these days, all these days working on all the stuff and I got exposed to so much radiation. And the patients are like, you like y'all would install like a wire in their spine for like a spinal cord simulator, and it was very difficult. And they're like, "Oh, hey, thanks, I appreciate it." You know, and I was like, "Okay, cool, that's nice." And then Jennifer would do somebody's lips, and they give her like a Louis Vuitton like bag or something. You know? And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> it was oh like such God. a like night and day difference between like, the basic populations. <laughs> I'm so true. I think one people don't realize is there's also like there's different markets to serve, and there are people out there. Um, and you know, we kind of focus on the, in the AIC about it. Um, but like, there's like a whole group of people that are are happy to pay really good rates just to have someone like yourself who knows what they're doing. They're confident. They care about the patient, you know, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like there's a whole class of people that, that need that as well. You know, you don't have to just only serve the, the Medicaid's of the world. You know? No, yeah, exactly. There's definitely people out there who will pay for skill and education and all the things and you just have to know that you're worth that, you know, like. Okay, yeah, I have these skills that I deserve to be paid for them because I paid a lot of money for school and all the other stuff, all the other training. So, you know, Jacqueline, if it's not too personal, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, self talk. 
You know, so often they say the thoughts that you focus on daily are the thoughts that go into your life. And, you know, a lot of the people that are like, for example, training for the Olympics, right? Like they even have like every, every member of the United States Olympic team has to have mindset training, uh, which they started to think in the eighties. So would you ever talk about like how, you know, your self-talk maybe has changed on your journey and what you, how, how you are today, maybe birds to how you were in the past in terms of like talking to yourself or even judging yourself? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, there is another really key moment in my life that really sticks out for this. And it was, again, right kind of after I'd had both my kids. And there was, um, I just kept like complaining to my husband. Like, I just so, feel so uncomfortable. Like, I'm not the weight I want to be. I don't fit my flows. Like, ugh. And, you know, like, it was like every day that I'd be like, I can't, like, I don't feel good. I just feel blah, whatever. And it was just really like eating at me. And there was like one moment for some reason, I don't know why this moment happened, but it was almost like an out-of-body experience where I like heard myself talking from like, not inside my brain, but from like an outsider perspective. And I was like, you're just like whining all the time about this crap, like do something about it. It was like clear as day. There was some, like a voice in my head that was like, then do something about it. And so I was like, God, like, like yeah, right. Like, why am I complaining about all this stuff all the time when like, maybe I should just do something about it. So it's this like, click of like okay self res like responsibility of taking action if you're not happy with something like it's on you like you have to change it you, nobody else is going to change it for you nobody's going to come and like wave a wand and be like here you 20 pounds of weight loss or like you know here you have a whole new income now like bam you're like the owner of a med spawn out like that doesn't happen like it's up to you to do it so i had this moment where i was like wow okay it's up to me like i gotta quit with the like attitude and just make things happen. So, so that was kind of at the very beginning of my um, journey of entrepreneurship when I started looking into like, you know, the online e-commerce space and everything. And that really sparked it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's so important. And I think for me, what's been really helpful is like writing things down and also, so like journaling, um, meditating really helps. Um, and again, like I said, I invested in a lot of coaching from just like life coach stuff, just like how to really reframe my brain and to see things totally in a different way. So like one of my favorite quotes is like the entire universe is conspiring in your favor. Like seeing that like, hey, the world is for you, not against you, but you have to like see it that way for it to happen. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process and it's not something that will ever go away. It's mindset is like a continual journey. Like there are always going to be times where I'm like, you know, thinking something negative or something happens and I'm like, ah, but like you just have to notice the thought and flip it instead of just letting that become like your reality. So uh, whenever something bad happens, I really try and like find the there has to be a silver lining in there somewhere kind of thing like for example i used this example before where you know you're like late for something and you're stuck in traffic because there's a car accident like a mile up the road and you're just like oh my cannot be late for this like this is the worst thing ever like i can't like this is just gonna drive me insane but then you think like okay well if i had left five minutes earlier maybe i would have been in that accident i don't know you know like maybe Maybe the reason I'm stuck in this accident was so that I wasn't the one in the accident. Like, you know, you just have to, like, think of things that way. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself. <laughs> so it's just a way of, it's just a total perspective shift. But it really is life-changing when you start thinking of things like that. 
Man, that is so true. And um, I just remember uh, Einstein once said the most important quote that he ever left or the most important information he ever left was the statement that we live in a friendly universe. And this is from, you know, a physicist who's, you know, well, he's known for like, you know, the theory of relativity and these kind of things, you know, <laughs> like people, he was kind of famous for that kind of stuff. But he said the most important thing he could figure it out was that, was that the universe is actually friendly to you. And that if you look at the, the odds of even you being alive, even the planet being in orbit and spinning without any issues, they're all astronomically amazing, you know? Yeah, it's bizarre. I actually just watched a, um, it's called the time lapse of the entire universe. And it was like 10 minutes long, but it was like the, from the Big Bang till now, you know, and it was like every second was like 20,000 years or something like that. I don't know exactly the, but it was crazy to watch. I was like, whoa, like this makes me feel like, like the fact that I'm even here is just bonkers. Like all these things had to happen for us to just be here. So it's just insane. So how, like, how dare I not take full advantage of it while I'm here? Like, I'm not going to sit on my couch and watch Netflix for three hours every night. Like, what a waste of an existence. Like, no, I love Netflix and I watch But like, I can't, I just can't imagine that we're here to just, you know, be mediocre and like, why not make the most of it while we're on this giant floating rock? I mean, it's just like a blip of time, you know, so we might as well, what's the worst that could happen, you know, go for it. Absolutely. And I, there's one thing that I thought was really interesting is that uh, if you look at a lot of like the ancient, like, you know, religions, they would often describe people as three different classes. They had people that were kind of like the air class or spiritual kind of people, uh, people that were kind of like, uh, you know, like the water class or people that could, you know, change their form. And they often describe many people or the majority of the population as people that were wooden, meaning like they were so fixed in their ways and in their viewpoints, they couldn't move, they couldn't bend. And so just like you were describing, like you went on a journey where you were kind of believed one thing, but I think what I find the most amazing about you is that you were able to, you know, like kind of like bamboo, you're able to bend, but yet at the same time still stay flexible and you're able to say like, hey, look, I made it to this plateau. That's not it. Because there, there's other people that would just get in there and be like, hey, I became a CRNA. That was my goal. I'm just going to keep doing that forever, no matter how the, the place treats me, no matter how the fact that like our pay isn't going up, but inflation's gone up like 30%, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, all, all this kind of stuff. Like the fact that you're able to be so flexible, could you maybe talk to about, about like maybe your, your journey onto going from maybe like a rigid thinking, if you were, or to, to like flexible, or maybe you're always flexible, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely like, I don't think I was always quite that flexible, but it's again, it's kind of that self awareness of like, hey, you're in a, like, we're in the medical field. Like, we're obviously very smart, you know, like to be able to go through school and do what we do, like, we're, we're going to have some brains in there. So it's like, you have to realize, like, hey, okay, I can do anesthesia or whatever. Business is not something I ever learned an ounce of, like, know nothing about it you know, um, but that doesn't mean you can't learn. Like you're a smart person. You can learn it, you know, like there are so many like YouTubes and like you could go on Instagram and find people who talk about stuff or whatever. Like if you want to like figure out something else, like you can learn it. Like you don't have to go back and get your business degree or anything like that. These days, there's so much free knowledge out there. So, um, I think that was part of my thing was like, okay, yes, the business side of things is really scary because I don't know anything about it, but like you find your mentors, you find books and resources and you just 
learn it. And like, that's anybody can learn something, you know, like, especially we're smart people, we can figure it out. So yeah, I think that's just part of it is just recognizing that just because we're in one path and like, that's kind of all you've ever known or thought about doesn't mean there's that you can't figure out a new path. Like it's just, just doing it. And it's just getting out of your own freaking head about it and just starting one foot at a time and realizing that you're going to totally trip over your own feet a few times, but like you can figure it out, you know, and having the confidence in yourself to, to know that you've got your own back. That is so true. And uh, I always find it interesting because people tell me like, Oh, I, I don't know anything about business. I can't learn. And you saw someone I was, you know, I'm not good at it or that kind of stuff. And it's like, Hey God, you could tell me the physiology of the adrenal cortex, you know, but you can't figure out like profit and loss. I mean, really come on. <laughs> Or like, or like people who are like, I can't put my face on social media because that to me was another thing. Like I never was on video at all. Like I would put, if I was on my Facebook or Instagram, it's pictures of my kids and my husband, not of me. Like, I don't want to be on there. But then when I started doing my e-commerce business, I was like, wow, okay, I guess I really need to like kind of show up. And it was the scariest thing ever. And I didn't enjoy doing it for like the longest time. I was like, this is like, so nerve wracking. But how did I get good at it? I did it again and again and again and again and again and again until it was like, here I am with like my robe on and my mom hair going all crazy. And the kids are screaming in the background like, hey, it's me again. Like, I'm just going to chat with you. Know, like, you're just coming on there as a hot mess because you've done it so many times. It doesn't matter. Like, you don't you just realize that it's not that scary if you do it a million times. It's the same thing with business. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm showing up every single day and I'm learning and I'm figuring it out. I've made tons of mistakes. I'm going to make a ton more, but like, hey, I'm just going to do it until I've got it figured out or, you know, you'll never have it all figured out. You just got to keep learning every single day. Man, that is so true. I remember there was uh, one guy, uh, he was actually a Navy SEAL and he, um, when we'd actually talked to him, you know, he's kind of like a coach. And one of the things he said was that in the SEAL training, I guess they have a... Um, I forget what they call it, but there's like a boot camp part of the SEAL training where like a lot of people fail out and that's kind of like their goal. And the weird thing is he said like none of the stuff they make them do is physically hard or impossible. It's not like they're like, hey, go run 100 miles. But it's it's psychologically hard and they don't ever tell them what they're going to do next. So they're like, hey, go run on the beach until I tell you until you, until I tell you you're done, you know? And so they'll tell them to go run on the beach and they'll run for like three hours until their sergeant or whatever tells them what to do next. And because they don't know you have kind of two options. One, you can focus on the moment now and just be like, hey, I'm running on a beach in California. This is great. Or you can be worried about like, oh man, what if they make us do push-ups and I'm running now, I'm going to be tired. And, you know, so it kind of like it eliminates the people that are negatively like projecting out what all of the bad could have to, to get the people that are just focused in the now. Yeah. And like, like you said, when I feel like when you're, when you're worried or you're fearful about the future, like whether that's running an extra five miles or starting your own business, like, what good is worrying about it going to do? Nothing. It doesn't change what's going to happen. You, you know, so true. going to psych yourself out. So. <laughs> That's one thing I learned about when I was uh, driving, like, you know, they have like a little race thing here in Dallas, um, like they call the North Texas uh, Speedway. And so like when you go to training there, they, they have a coach and you're driving. And the first thing they do is they try to get you in a spin where you're like spinning towards the wall because the fastest way to die is like basically hit the wall, right? You know? And so what the directors do is they actually force a spin and your natural reaction is to look at the wall and be like, oh my God, like, I don't want to hit the wall. I don't want to hit the wall. But because you're looking at the wall, you're driving the car into the wall. So they literally take your head and they push it like with their hand like this, you know, 
and like push your head, like make you look at the road and then you naturally go to the road. And I find like, that's such a metaphor for life, you know? <laughs> totally. Well, it's just like what you focus on is where you go. Like if you're going to focus on, this is scary, I'm going to fail. Like you're going to, it's going to be scary. You're going to fail. Or if you focus on like, hey, you know, I'm not going to look at the wall, the scary like wall. I'm going to look at the possible opportunities. Like, hey, this is hard, but I've done her thing. This is something new, but like, hey, I love an adventure. You know, that you're going to go on a totally different road than if you just focus on the big scary wall that's coming at your face. <laughs> you got to steer away from it. You know, what, what you focus on will grow. So you have to focus on the positive. You have to focus on the the journey and just the step-by-step stuff because if you don't, you're going to hit the wall and it's not going to fit it. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, do you, like if, if, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of the studies and stuff coming out indicating like the high levels of like physician depression. And I don't think they really do any studies on CRNAs. Um, and I would say that their, their level of depression and stress is the same as a physician, you know, easily. So like, I imagine that they probably correlate across all levels of healthcare. But, um, you know, what would you say to somebody who's maybe stuck in the hospital there, you know, they don't know what to do. They're afraid to make a move, you know, um, is there any advice that you might give somebody like that? Yeah, I would say just start somewhere and just start making like changes, even if you don't really know where you're going yet. You know, you don't have to have it all figured out of like where your 10 year plan is going to be. Just if you know you're unhappy and where you are, like just start taking new steps. And maybe that just means cutting back like one day a week and focusing on, you know, doing something else on the side that you enjoy, like find the things that bring you joy and actually make a list of like 20 to 30 things that bring me joy um, and make sure that I have at least one of those every single day. Well, it could be something really small, like a hot cup of coffee while I'm snuggled up on my couch, or it could be like, you know, having a three hour dinner with friends where there's lots of food and wine and like, we're just having the greatest time. But like you have, you have to like find those things that like bring you joy and you have to make sure that you plan time for them. Whether that's, like I said, a big adventure, like going to Europe for three weeks or just, you know, enjoy like a small moment with your kids every day or just reading for five minutes or journaling or meditating, whatever that is. So um, that's just to get like through your day. You have to do things that make you happy because healthcare can be soul sucking. Um, Any job can be soul sucking, but especially healthcare can be really, really, really hard. But yeah, I would just say like, just start somewhere, do something. And if you don't like it, pivot try something new because like you said, we're not made of wood or we shouldn't be made of wood. We need to be flexible. We need to figure things out. You know, we're smart people. We can, we can find other ways to do things. And so maybe like you choose one path and you start going on it and you're like, yeah, you know, this isn't really for me either. And then it's just something different, but at least, you know, you're trying something instead of being stuck in the same spot where 10 years from now, you're going to look back and be like, wow, why didn't I do something 10 years ago? You know, like just, start now because it takes time for it to work, right? Like you don't just build a business or start a new journey in like a day. It took years to go through anesthesia school. It's not going to be a quick flip like this to just find something new. So you got to start now and just, you know, find mentors. Like I'm happy to talk to anybody who has questions about any of like my journey in particular, but find somebody who is doing what you think you might want to do and just ask to pick their brain. Most people would be happy to let you in on what they've done and what's worked and what has it. Um, don't do it alone because that's just going to be harder. Um, find a, a group or at least one person that can do it with you or like help you. Um, 
and just go for it. Uh, would you also be able to speak about like what you feel is the importance of staying with other people that are like-minded in your kind of your pursuit? Oh my gosh. It makes the biggest difference. Um, like there's that, I don't know who said it, but you become like the five people you are around the most. And it's so true. Like if you're around people who are negative, you're going to be a negative Nancy too, because we just, as humans, like the mirror neurons, right? Like we want to, to be like other people. Like we, we are group mentality like we're not meant to be alone as human beings so finding the people who like you should never be the smartest on the route right like you need to be around people who are going to stretch you and help you grow and people who are doing what you want to do or where you want to be and if you can at least keep your circle of people positive people who are supportive people who understand and know what you're trying to do and can support you in that like it makes the absolute hugest, the, the biggest difference. Um, that's why I love like the circle. We always have people who are cheering you on, like people I'd never even met. Like, for example, I had some girls come to my grand opening for the Mets fall and like I had never even met them in person, but they drove like an hour to come to my grand openings. They, we had been like, you know, chatting a little bit online or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to come support you. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like the fact that they would do that, you know, just have it. It just means the world and finding those people like if you can find your people it's it's a game changer it'll take you further than anything else man i think you're so right and i'd always heard the thing where it's like you make the same amount as your five closest friends you know because you learn from each other and you can kind of like pick each other's brains and, and that includes like not just physically like who you're around but i think that really also includes who you're listening to and what you're putting in your brain as far as like who you're like the news instagram facebook social media like if you're constantly watching stuff and putting that input in of people who are negative or like dramatic or whatever, that's, it's going to bring you down. Like what you put in your brain is so, so important. You have to guard your, you have to guard yourself there. So like, like I said, the news and all these other things, like you really have to be careful what you're letting yourself, you know, have inside. So you always be listening to the like podcasts like this where you're being inspired or learning or growing um, because that counts as the five people that you're around. You know, like I really do think that um, it doesn't have to just be people physically around you, but just in general, like whether that's around social media or whatever, people you're following and people you're listening to, that, that counts. So Absolutely. And I remember Earl Nightingale always had, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of any of his stuff. Uh, Earl Nightingale, yeah. like a famous speaker like a long time ago. And um, I remember he read this thing. It's probably on YouTube for free because most of the stuff's on YouTube now. You just do a search for Earl Nightingale. Um, he has one thing. He was like the. He was like the how important your attitude is to like actually being successful. And I remember the first time I heard that. You know, you know, coming from like a scientific basis, I was like, "What do you mean? You know, like how can attitude matter? Like we, we do everything. You know, double, you know, randomized controlled trial. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? And then you see it in person, and it's like, oh, I get it now. You know. <laughs> Yeah, um, totally. And people want to be around you if you're a better attitude, you know? That's so true. Is there anything that you do in particular to make sure you're always kind of a uh, high vibe or have a great attitude? Yeah. So, um, again, kind of going back to like the self-care thing, I make, I'm, well, it's, it's always a work in progress. Like I am just a hustler by nature. Like, so I have a hard time sometimes remembering to take care of myself. But I think when you do take care of yourself, you can just you, you can pour into other people better. Like it's the whole thing of like, if you can't pour from an empty cup kind of thing, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and or, or take care of your business or take care of your family. If you don't do that, like you're not 
you just can't like you can't do it all all the time so finding like the little things that bring you joy i really really think that if you're not meditating you should try it at least for like a month just like five minutes every single day it makes the biggest difference i know it's like a little sounding but it really helps your brain kind of reset and start looking for the thought the positive especially like gratitude i absolutely love a good gratitude practice just thinking of every morning when you wake up three things that you're thankful for like could be the simplest things, but whatever it is, because it starts your brain. Like if you know you're doing that every single day, you start thinking, okay, I know tomorrow morning I'm going to have to write down three things I'm thankful for. So throughout the day, you're looking for those things to be thankful for, right? So like it just trains your brain to start looking for the good stuff. Um, so gratitude, meditating, I think is really huge. And just taking care of yourself in like even the littlest space, like drinking water you know making sure you're hydrated like all that kind of stuff really helps you vibe at your highest level because if you don't take care of yourself you you just can't so i don't know i think that makes a big difference just you know setting your boundaries making sure that you're keeping yourself on task and you're not like scrolling through tiktok for three hours every day um you just you have you have to like keep yourself on task especially as an entrepreneur you're like you can't you have time freedom but that could be a bad thing if you're not disciplined so um, taking care of yourself in that way too and like making sure you're like planned and you have your day planned out and this is what we're doing and like all that hey i was just curious have you ever read any of the uh ayn rand books like uh fountainhead um anthem any of those things yes i bet you recommend them uh yeah they're pretty cool like uh you know th- she was a, a female author back in the 40s and so like she had broken the mold and i think they kind of downplay a lot of her stuff because it doesn't necessarily fit the kind of the demo that the mainstream media wants now but uh, basically, this was a woman who had come from, I think, Soviet Russia as a child. And basically, she wrote these books about people, like, how it's important to essentially, in, in so many words, to, like, basically be selfish enough to put yourself first. Because only if you're able to put yourself first, then you have anything to give. Like you are saying with the, the cup, you know. Yeah, that's it's so true. Like, how can you? You can't take care of other people if you're constantly. And then you, you can, but after a while, that's going to wear you down if you're going to have like a mental breakdown. <laughs> like you're just going to run yourself into the ground. You're not going to be able to vibe at any kind of high frequency. And then, you know, that energy, what you put out there is what you get back. So if you're putting out high vibes and good, all that good energy, it really does come back to you. So if you're like, you know, not taking care of yourself, you're not putting out a good energy whatsoever. And it's just not going to attract anything good to you. Man, Jacqueline, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. Like a lot of people don't realize what goes out also comes back to them. And, you know, it, it sounds kind of new age or whatever, but um, even you mentioned the meditation earlier. Uh, I just wanted to mention that actually how I got into meditation was we had actually done a, a survey of a lot of the CEOs uh, in these different companies and almost all high performing CEOs did meditation every day. Okay. And I was like, whoa, really? Because, you know, these are people that are like focused on the bottom line. The people, you know, they've got earnings to deal with. They've got, you know, shareholders. But yeah, they take time for meditation. So it shows you that there's some, you know, some measurable benefit for them to do that. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, your brain is so powerful. And again, it does sound like new age or woo-woo, but like we really haven't tapped into everything that we can do with our brains. But, you know, one thing we do know, and it's it's true, there's studies out there that like, there was a study done, I don't remember when it was, and I, I'd have to find it, but it was basically, and I could butcher some of the details, but basically they took people and measured their you'll love this as a medical person they measured their um the muscle strength in like their calves i think it was or whatever and at baseline and then they took half the group and told them to think about exercising that 
calf muscle, like for 10 minutes a day or something. They would literally just sit there and visualize doing like calf raises. What do you do them? We'll just visualize them. And the other half did nothing. No. And then after, I don't know, maybe like 12 weeks or whatever it was, they measured the muscle strength again. And the people who thought about their calf muscles working out actually had better muscle strength after those 12 weeks, like a significant amount, which is just like crazy. Like, I don't even know how that works, but like just the fact that, you know, that could even be a possibility that your brain is just thinking about something and it's kind of like somehow making something work. I think that just goes to show like there's so much more to our brains that we won't even know out. And so we really have to be careful with what we're thinking and our attitudes and all that, because it really does make a huge, huge difference on our lives in general and especially in business. But And that is so true. And there's actually been a lot of different studies like that. Uh, they did one also with uh, people uh, playing the piano where they imagined playing the piano versus people actually trained and played the piano. And then after so many weeks, they tested mm-hmm. them. And I think like the people that imagined playing the piano were just about as good, if not a little bit less good than the people that actually played it. But then they remembered it like way longer. But they ended up like, having the same memory of like, how to play the piano like like many weeks later. And the other people who had done it in real life had, had forgotten it. Wow. Yeah, that's super powerful. I mean, it's just crazy. I love it, though. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, just one day at a time. I definitely don't claim to have it all figured out. But, but thank you. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, my pleasure. If uh, anybody wants to c- follow you, is there a certain place that they need to go to follow you? Or uh, do you recommend them checking out your like Instagram? Or- yeah, I've got both. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's just my full name, which is Jacqueline Potesta. It's kind of a funky spelling. So J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-Y-N Potesta, P-O-T-E-S-T-A. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook there. And then my med spa is Juno Med Spa. So at Juno Med Spa on both Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you so much for coming, Jacqueline. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.